This week on Dueling Review, we take a look at Shang-Chi number two from Marvel Comics. Shang-Chi may have finally met his match in the form of this strange new assailant, Sister Hammer. But who is she really? Find out in this shocking reunion. So this week we are taking a look at Shang-Chi number two from Marvel Comics. Thanks to all of you valuable and dear, 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 dear listeners to this show. Because you all headed over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash major spoilers and you voted to uh, to uh, tell us what comic you wanted us to read this week. And there were some doozies. Uh, yeah. I will tell you there were some some ones that uh, I'm glad that we didn't uh, didn't pick. <laughs> Mega Man, fully charged. Not really interested in that. Mega Man. Sex, sex Criminals, number 69. Not really that- interested in that. That was actually a pretty wonderful ending. I really enjoyed it. That was the final issue on that one, right? Yeah, they actually did a three-year jump so they could make the puerile sex joke, which I thought was really cute. Because the last issue was number 30. This was basically the coda after the end of the series. Mm -hmm. Everything was basically wrapped up last time. This is one of those distant finales where we see how everybody is three years down the road. Yeah. So this week we are taking a look at Shang-Chi number two, as I said. And we are deep into the battle for power over who is going to control the, what is this, the five weapons of the universe or whatever that they're called. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's the name of their, their little secret club. And, and uh, so apparently Shang-Chi, I don't know a lot about Shang-Chi's history. Apparently he killed his father and yes. uh, his father was in charge of the five weapons clan. Yes. And, Shang-Chi uh, actually started at Marvel as uh, an adaptation of Sax Romer's Fu Manchu novels, uh, wrapped in with an adaptation of the Kung Fu television series with uh, David Carradine. And so until recently, Shang's father has been literally Sax Romer's Fu Manchu. Yeah. Marvel no longer has the rights, and now they're at a point well, where you know intellectual property is enough of an. They haven't had the rights for like fifty years, but they're at a point where intellectual property is forcing them to rewrite the history, basically, of Shang Chi, and remove things like oh, I don't know, the copyrighted name, and uh, his sister being copyrighted as uh, Follow Sui is now somebody different. Yeah, she's yeah. the uh, the leader of the Hammers or whatever that she is. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking, isn't Fu Manchu is, would he not be in public domain at this point? I don't know that he and is because he's British and mm. I know that British copyright law is a little wonky. I don't know, but I do know that Marvel started erasing all references to him as Fu Manchu around the turn of the century. Yeah. And we did read that. So. Uh, we did read that first, um, Shang-Chi thing, but, uh, probably the other reason why you don't want to call him Fu Manchu is because it does bring up, uh, racist yeah. connotations well and you know the the words fu manchu literally just mean man of the manchu dynasty it's yeah. a, it's a it's a racist statement in and of itself it's almost a slur and it is a you know a huge problem in terms of just the yellow peril villainy yep. cliches of years Fortunately, past. we don't have uh, that going on here i mean we do have a little broken english stuff going on in issue two they've kind of made a joke of it in issue one uh, specifically between um, Shang Chi's other "quote unquote" brother and sister, the head of the uh, the staffs and the head of the throwing knives, mm-hmm. and uh, so what we do see is that uh, Shang Chi's sister, uh, Lord Thunderhammer, or whatever her name is, 
<laughs> is uh, is mad because uh, the the secret clock did not tick over to her to take over the five weapons clan and instead kicked over to Shang-Chi. So we learn a little bit more about uh, their past. We get to find out uh, that they, you know, they were basically inseparable until uh, Shang-Chi wanted some crystal cakes and they broke into a vampire uh, lair and their dad punished them by sending the, the sister away. And Shang-Chi thought that she was gone forever, but now they're back. And so this issue, really, I was surprised because, uh, honestly, I figured that this was going to just be one big fight after another because she would be so angry over, you know, the fact that he was in charge and she was dismissed and that uh, he never came looking for her, blah, 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 you know, typical stuff. Uh, right. But uh, but uh, Gene Yang here uh, does a really good job of kind of twisting that around and just saying, hey, they haven't seen each other for a long time. You know, they're embracing as brother and sister. They miss each right. other. She's telling him what has happened. Oh, and by the way, I, I po- poisoned your crystal moon cakes, and so now you're dying anyway. I do like Yang's take on really everything. I love Yang as a mm-hmm. writer, but mm-hmm. I like Yang's take on Fu Manchu or Zheng Zhu in here because he is dead, but there's a point where Shang like nearly dies, and he sees the specter of his father, and Zheng Zhu is like, breathe, boy, and i like, I, you know he's not dead. You know that something weird and cosmic and, and ghostly or whatever is going on here and that Zheng Zhu is coming back. So I, I'm totally psyched about that because I used to love the original Shang-Chi stories, except for the fact that there are just little bits of pockets of 70s racism in them. You know, there's a character who always refers to him as the little Chinaman, mm-hmm. you know, and that's meant to be an endearing term, but as we've noted, you know, if people catch up with us on the, the Legion clubhouse, you'll find in the seventies and even going into the eighties and nineties and honestly comics of today, you'll find these moments that are just incredibly insensitive. And this issue doesn't have that. Even when you have, you know, baby Shang Chi running around with a cue, or when you see, Zheng Zhu wearing the robes and the ceremonial hat that he's always worn back when he was F-bomb, M-bomb, that we can't say anymore. It It's all done very respectfully. It's really, really cool. And then when the zombies come to life and Shang has to start kicking their faces yeah. off, I if, like it. Yeah, uh, if, I don't know, they say his dad is dead. Um, he's not. And he may not be, but maybe that's why. I don't know what the deal is with the... Uh, the zombie vampire guys. Yeah. Um, but um, that could They're be a clue. They're all dressed just like Zhang Zhu. Yeah. So maybe that that's something uh, going yeah. on with the um, with the story. I think that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I but think what we're going to see Shang in the Land of the Dead sooner rather than later. Well, yeah, especially at the end where, you know, uh, Shang-Chi, they're, they're rowing across the river and brother and sister are there dragging him away. And he looks back and he sees the spectral vision of his dad and he's like, come to me. Come visit. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just like, OK, yeah, I mean, this is pretty cool. I mean, I um, I read both. Uh, I read the first issue and the second issue. Uh, I really am digging it. I, I, I like it a lot. I think this is a. A fairly uh, solid read uh, for what it is. Now, I do, I will say that I don't know who um, the MI6 agent person is, Laiko. Uh, Laiko uh, is uh, Shang's longtime love interest. Yeah. Going see, back I don't, to like 76. I mean, they kind of, they basically 
uh, insinuate that in the first issue and kind of, you know, imply it so that you kind of fill in the gaps for yourself. But I know nothing about what her deal is. I right. really don't know a whole lot about uh, the five weapons or what's going on there. But I think that this book does a pretty good job of, you know, letting you fill in those gaps on your own. So while it may not be super new reader friendly, it's mm-hmm. new reader friendly enough to where I think that if you are into uh, Shang-Chi and you want to know more about him, or if you think that you're into him because you have been following um, uh, Lou on his um, um, movie post, you know, the Shang-Chi just wrapped the other day uh, for the movie, that mm, this might be something that people might want to pick up and just start reading so they can get some familiarity um, with the character before that movie opens uh, sometime in uh, the future. So I rather enjoyed it. I feel like this is a really successful attempt to rebuild Shang-Chi at a point where he's going to be exposed to a whole new readership. And there are some things in here that are definitely revisionist, but revisionist in the right way. Mm-hmm. This feels like a younger Shang than we've been seeing recently. This feels like a Shang dealing with bits of his past that I already have seen, but are being done in a new way with new characterizations and new names. And I really enjoy that. I love the fact that we're taking this character who's been around for a very long time. They're actually, you know, acknowledging his history, but they're also giving him a fresh start. It's kind of like what, you know, we've seen with the big name characters, your Captain America's, your Thor's, your Mm -hmm. Iron Man's Mm -hmm. since 2008 or so. And I enjoy that. I love the fact that it's Yang doing this because his uh, new Superman stuff for DC was, uh, you know, up until the Terrifics came out, and I think he wrote that too for a while, it was DC's most underrated book. It was amazing. And it got canned in like 20 issues. And I really hated that because it was really fascinating stuff. And I want to see more of this. My only complaint is I am not necessarily a huge fan of Philip Tan. I actually really like Yeah. Uh, Does he do just the flashback stuff? Yeah, Philip does the flashback stuff where we see young Shang, mm-hmm. and then the uh, stuff that's actually taking place in the present is, stay with me here, uh, DK Ruan, a different artist. So yeah, the, the modern stuff I enjoy, the first page of 10 flashback was just like, oh, I'm not sure I like this. I and, actually I actually did, um, mostly, not from the from the... Uh, the figure work, because I think some of the figure work gets a little scratchy in places, uh, yeah. like maybe a little bit too much pencils, uh, there, but, uh, the environments and especially whoever did the coloring on this just was fantastic. I mean, the opening shot where you see, uh, the, the Hunan retreat, uh, with everything up on the, the mountains and the sun shining and glistening. I, the detail in that is really good. The detail in the, the zombie room is really good. I mean, I just really like that stuff. And then of course the modern stuff. Too, I like as well. Uh, I, I really like the art uh, throughout the issue. I think the, the coloring was really good in the issue. If I had one complaint, I, I would say that there are moments in the book that feel like just one or two times where I felt like we were kind of repeating something that didn't need to be repeated. Right. Um, the whole explanation of the, you know, the torch with the fist and all that stuff was right. basically in the first issue, which... I'm going to guess that not, not a lot of people are just picking up issue number two without reading issue number one first, especially since issue number one is still available on the stands. Um, 
I, so I just thought that that was a little awkward. Uh, but uh, yeah, everything else I really like. Oh, and then the the comment about, oh yeah, the stars and the moon are still coming out of my body. Uh, that yeah. was said multiple times, which I was like, ah, that could probably be uh, tweaked or toned down just a little bit. But other than that, I just thought this was a great issue, top to bottom. I enjoyed it. And I think that for me, the little touches are nice. I'm not sure, but I think that part of the Five Weapons Society is talking about the hand who's been a part of Daredevil lore forever. And if so, that would be awesome. But I like just the breakdown of all of this, and I really appreciate seeing Shang in a modern context rather than you know just leaning back on the stories we've seen. Because he was in, just recently, the latest volume of Agents of Atlas, and basically they had assembled most of uh, Marvel's Asian characters, and Shang was just in there as this wise elder statesman. Everybody had powers except for Shang, but he's the one who's like explaining to them, this is, this is what we're going to do. I'm Shang. Hi, how are you? And it's a really, really nice touch to have that. And I love that, but I also like him being, you know, this young dynamic character in his individual stories here. And I'm hoping that we get maybe a balance of both, but I want to see more of this where. Shang is proactive rather than merely reactive or being the character that everybody goes, Hey, you're smart. You're wise. Tell us well, what we should do. Sifu Shang. It is very, it is very interesting that he is not more aware of the five weapons and especially that he is the leader of the, uh, the iron fist. Um, I thought that was, they thought that was a little odd, uh, especially with his history and, and knowing it, you know, uh, what we know of him. um, and so I was surprised he also wasn't familiar with the other four weapons that were that were there. So that was that was just very surprising in this. And I don't know if this is a huge major change in the history of Shang Chi that's being introduced here or not. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it, but it's but it's it's retconny in the details. I mean, the basics of my name is Shang Chi. I was raised in my father's secret Hunan retreat. That's been part of it since the beginning, but yeah, we're getting some tweaking and some outright changes to the details of the story, which yeah. I think and, are working. And I'm fine with that. I, I really don't have a problem with that. Uh, it's just that the fact that he is so, the character is so ignorant of these other other groups that are part of his greater, right. his father's greater outreach plan. You would think over the years he would have come across that stuff in his journeys and travels and and fights, especially if he is dealing, like you said, in Agents of Atlas with all right. of the other martial artist uh, um, members in, of the Marvel Universe. So just a little nitpicky things going on there. But otherwise, um, again, I, I give this a thumbs up. I think if people want to go and check it out, I think they should. Uh, yep. I would pick up the issue number one if you're going to pick up issue number two. I think they Watch read both. very well uh, together. Uh, it's a, I just read them back to back. It was great. So, uh, yeah, that's a uh, big thumbs up for me. Yep. Same here. I think that for my money and, you know, this is just me talking. If you see Gene Lu and Yang's name on a book, you should get that book. Mm -hmm. And if you see Shang-Chi as a character in the book, you should get the book. So having both of them together, man, that's, I mean, that's a must buy for me. That's like, Hey, Steve Orlando. And he's writing, you know, uh, Gregorio de la Vega. Oh, all right. Let me go and buy this comic book now. So yeah, as long as this is a gang book, I'm definitely in. And even afterwards, because I like me some Shang-Chi. Yep. 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 
All right. As I said, we got here because of you, dear listener. And uh, that means it's time for you once again to help us pick the comic for next week. How do they do that, Matthew? You show your loyalty to the Dueling Review by going to patreon.com forward slash major spoilers. You're going to be looking for a post and it's going to say Dueling Review for what? November 4th? November 4th. November 4th, you're going to look at the list of comics. You're going to choose the comic that you'd like us to review. And if enough people vote with you, that's the comic we will be subjected to in the near future. Yes, from Boom Studios next week, it might be Buffy the Vampire Slayer number 19, Mighty Morphin number 1. Oh, that could be very interesting. Over at Dark Horse Comics, we have Cyberpunk 2077 Trauma Team number 3 of 4, Spy Island number 3 of 4, or Orville number 3, Heroes part 1 of 2. Dynamite Entertainment next week has The Boys, Dear Becky, number six. Dynamite, number one, gets a bunch of reprints. Red Sonia, number 21, and The Sacred Six, number four, arrives next week. IDW Publishing has Batman the Max, Max Arkham Dreams, number five, the final issue there, thank goodness. And TMNT, Jenica, two, number one. Image Comics has uh, Crossover, number one. Uh, let's see, The Walking Dead Deluxe uh, hardcover or maybe it's not a hardcover. I think it's a soft color, but it is colored number two and moonshine number 22. Marvel comics has the amazing Spider-Man number 51 Avengers number 38 immortal. She Hulk number one gets a second printing next week. Rise of Ultraman gets a uh, number three arrives and Thor number nine drops at comic shops next week. In all the rest category, we have the Sumerian people of black circle number three. Uh, Grim Fairy Tales number 42, also the Grim Fairy Tales holiday pinup special. Horizon Zero Dawn number 4 from Titan Comics. Uh, let's see if I see any. Uh, Quantum and Woody get a trade paperback next week, as does the Royal Tudor graphic novel volume 14. And let's Tudor. see, what else? Vampire the Masquerade, oh, right up Rodrigo's alley. Vampire the Masquerade uh, issue number 4 arrives next week. DC Comics next week, we have Batman number 102. Uh, Daphne Byrne gets a collected edition. Uh, DC, Deceased, Hope at World's End number 13. Hard Time, uh, Hellblight Blazer gets a uh, Rise and Fall number 2 arrives. We also have, uh, let's see, what else do we have here? Superman and the City of Tomorrow volume 2 arrives. And, oh, the, for those of you who are into young reader stuff, Victor and Nora, a Gotham romance arrives next week so what's going to be dear uh, listener head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers cast your vote and we will be back next week to uh, read that comic that you pick and maybe you will get to hear matthew say here i am once again This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.